transgression and disobedience receive a just recompense of reward. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. God also bearing the witness both with signs, hallelujah, wonders, and diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. For unto which of the angels said he at any time, and he put not, for which, unto which, unto, for unto the angels, sorry, hath he not put in subjection the world to come, which whereof we speak, but one in a certain place testifying, saying, What is man that thou art mindful of him? Or the son of man that you did visit him? Why are you concerned about us? Lord, your coming can be felt. Your kingdom is nigh. And we are at the very turning point where the Lamb of God shall sit and reign and thy kingdom will come. Bless this service. Bless our understanding. We pray in Jesus' name. You may be seated. There are several questions that the apostle asked us. He said to God save people. How? Shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? I don't know if you folks know it, that in the Middle East there are four angels, wicked, nasty, dirty, filthy angels about to be released upon our world. They're chained in chains of darkness. The Bible talked about them in the book of James and Jude. Waiting to be released upon our earth and bring upon us 
woes, woes, woes. And we are experiencing now in our day the beginning of sorrow. Not the epitome of sorrow, but just the beginning of sorrow. But there's a power that's holding back the forces of the red dragon who one time used to be called the serpent. That dragon that must say, Woe to the inhabitants of the earth. Woe to the inhabitants of Mother Earth. Because the devil has come down from the heavens, kicked out by Gabriel and Michael, cast upon the ground. He's right now the prince of the air. And he's coming with great wrath upon the inhabitants of the earth. The Bible talks about mankind running to rocks and mountains speaking to us and saying, I don't have a place for you to hide. For I myself need a place to hide. I know that sounds silly and unbecoming, but the Bible said the mountain, the rocks, going to cry out to lost humanity. No hiding place right here. It said that the islands shall flee away from the face of him who's about to break the clouds open in the east and shine from the east to the west. The Bible talks about him going to come to put down all walls in the valley of Megiddo, where the nations of the earth today are congregating and where they are gathered together as I speak. Twenty kings of the earth are contemplating your future, contemplating when they can release their nuclear weapons upon the earth. And as I speak, they talk about your economy. When can they put a mark on you? To make sure that you're not a terrorist. When can they identify you? But beloved, let me tell you, God said, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Now what I speak to you may sound like strange bedtime story. But as I speak right now, there are four winds of the earth. I hear the angels cry out to them, hurt not the earth. Until I put a seal and a mark upon my servant. You said, well, uh, I don't believe it, my friend. This is not a bedtime story. I'm telling you, you are living in perilous times. You are living in time when men are demonic and possessed by demonic spirits. And you can't fight spirits with, amen, with laws of the land. It's going to take the blood of Jesus Christ. To overcome, amen, the dragon and the beast, amen, and the false prophets. I'm trying to tell you, my friend, I'm not talking about just a mere man. I'm talking about a demagogue. When the devil turned loose upon this world, how shall we escape? Clap hands to the God. I was praying this morning. I said, God, I'm not going to preach no more prophets to my folks. I'm tired of sick and tired of preaching it to them. I don't see one of them stirred one bit. I'm waiting for somebody to say, Maranatha. Maranatha. 
You Pentecostals, you are sitting like a bunch of idiots and fools. And you'll be caught unprepared. You have no idea what's happening at your heel. You have no idea what's happening at your footprints, at your footstool. But my friend, the people that know their God are going to look up and not be shook up. Somebody got to realize, Maranatha, Maranatha, the Lord cometh. There is in the Middle East, the Bible tells there will be four kingdoms. The kingdom of Iraq, the kingdom of Persia, which is Iran, the kingdom of Greece, and the final kingdom of Rome. And God told you and told me by his word, that the fourth kingdom would have seven heads and ten horns. And they would be crowned. And they'd come out of that system. An eighth personage, amen, from that kingdom of heads. And it would reign over the earth. You are seeing it. You are hearing it. Church, it's time to put away your toys. It's time to have your loins girded up. It's time to trim your lamp. It's time to have your wedding garment on. It's time to realize, brother, sister, this is that. That the prophet Ezekiel talked about. That God said, I will do to the last days. This is the day that Joel talked about when the sun and the moon will turn black and blood. It's the day that the prophet Isaiah talked about. Come on, people, and hide thyself until the indignation be overpassed. This is the day that God talked about that God will come out of the heavens and judge the nations for their arrogance and their rebellion against heaven. I want to tell you, my friend Daniel is speaking to us today. Church, it's time, amen, to awake that Christ may give us light. There's a question you should answer, my friend, right now. Mark chapter 8, 36. What will you be profited? You go about your pernicious way, gain this whole world, and you lose your soul. The next question you need to answer is, 1 Peter 4, 17. You that know to do good, and does it not, to you, it's a sin. And the final question here is, how shall we escape? Why did the word preach profit you? Did the revelatoriness of God's word, inspiration, and divine illumination in God's revelation, it helps you. He says, how shall we escape? So, if we neglect so great, what's so great about salvation? What is so great about coming to church? I'm going to tell you what's great about it. First Thessalonians chapter 4 tells me a great escape is about to take place. There's a Jesus that taught us. Pray. Everybody get on their knees and start praying. Lord, let me be worthy. Let me be worthy to escape what Russia is about to do, what Europe is about to do, what Africa is about to do, what the Middle East is about.
about to do, what Islam is about to do, hey, come on, church, and what the devil's about to do, pray that you be counted worthy to escape the cataclysmic that's come upon this world. Are you ready for the apocalypse? Sit there and think I'm wasting my voice. What is man that you would bring such great salvation? The parallel faces here. A great provision for your escape has been given. God has never suffered earth to destruction without a plan of salvation. Hallelujah. The tenth man from Adam was Noah. And God had a plan. Because God decided to destroy the earth. Filled with violence. And pernicious ways. And losing people to the world. And God came with a tremendous plan. Build him an ark. That was the great salvation plan. Great salvation because... A hundred and twenty years God waited. Today, you've had two thousand years, and we've used it up. So help me, God, I'm speaking to people here that can't miss hell. So help me, God, you can't miss the lake of fire. You can't miss the mark of the beast. You can't miss the dragon because you know what? You're in a spirit of neglect. You're in a spirit of complacency. And I'm talking to you from the Holy Ghost. And I'm hoping you can profit from preaching. And Noah preached 120 years and nobody was impacted by it. Not one person stirred enough to, to turn around. And then I said, when he went on that ark, escape was over. Nobody, not one iota family, were spared the destruction of the rain. And the sad part, it never happened before. I don't need to tell you how many nuclear weapons are around waiting to go release on this earth. I don't care if you left behind, you will not be here when they release those weapons. You'll be one of the casualties. Well, the problem is after death come judgment, and then come hell. And you put God in a dilemma, because you won't have a solution when the church is gone. When Noah went on the ark, there was no more solution. The solution was over with. Not one person got saved after the flood came and came upon the earth. And those were prophetic types and shadows. Of the end time that I'm living in. I'm telling you, I'm living in momentous times. I'm living in troublesome times. I'm living in perilous times. I'm living in a time that the prophet and the apostle spoke of. It's not coming days, it is the day. It's not latter days, it's now. We are at the door. And the question is, church, how are we going to escape? How are we going to escape now? Just like Noah had an ark, we got a church. It's called the Ecclesia, where God called you out of destruction. Hallelujah. Sit there and look at me like I'm crazy. The day will come and you'll cry. And there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth and mourning, but there'll be no hope. 
The only hope in chapter 6 of Genesis was the ark. But the Bible says in 1 Peter, the entire world neglect so great salvation that was offered to them. They neglected it even though God stirred up a man called Noah. It's a bill and ark. There was enough room for anybody who wants to be on board. But they sit there and they refuse. Amen. The offer. They ignore it. They ignore the warning. It's called the great perils of today. What's the peril today? Neglect. It's not that you don't have time. It's not that you haven't heard preaching. It's not that you haven't heard the report in the newspaper and around the world. You remember, but you chose not to believe. And the Bible said, what if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make God's word of none effect? Absolutely not. But I'm going to tell you, beloved, if the gospel is hid, it's hid to them that are lost. In whom the gods of this world, what's his name? Satan blinded their minds. But they can't even see what I'm talking about. They can't even see. Let's worship God. I've never seen God send destruction without first send salvation plan. Never happened before. Sodom was a wicked place. Cruel, immoral, but that's not why they perish. They perish because they were arrogant, haughty, and they named their sins. Never in the history of man of man kill and confess it openly. People confess their gaze. People confess their immoral lifestyle. And they blatantly defy God. They murder and confess they did it. They don't hide it. That's the spirit of Sodom. The spirit of Sodom is here. There is the idleness and the abundance of idleness. And the fullness of bread. Amen. And Lot made the mistake to try to correct them. And they said, who made you a judge over us? In other words, lawlessness. But the Bible said, the day when salvation came to Lot, and they were in the plot, when Lot left Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone. You ought to read the fifth chapter of 1 Thessalonians. Chapter 4 is the great escape. Chapter 5 is no escape. Nobody escaped the fire of Sodom. Nobody escaped the rainfall of the days of Noah. Church, we are repeating it again. And I'm asking you, how shall we escape if we weren't in the entourage with Noah going on the boat? How shall we escape if we're not in the running out of the city on fire with Lot? We have a great picture of a person who neglects salvation. 
Her name is Mrs. Lot. I'm going to tell you where this took place. It's somewhere between Iraq, you hear me, and Jerusalem. There's a place called Bethel, the house of God. That's where Abraham was. Let me tell you where Lot was. He was at Beth Haven, the house or the religion of ruin. That's where Lot chose. Some of you think that life consists of the abundance of money you have in the bank. And you may think that by being highly favored by the economy, you're saved. No, my friend. God said, life does not consist of that. Lot, where we're in the well water plain, looks pretty good. So he was able for him to neglect great salvation. And though the angel came and said, look, sir, you're in perils for tomorrow. This place will be destroyed. I'm going to tell you what happened to the Europe going to happen to Canada also. It's going to happen to the United States also. It's going to happen around the world because Satan don't respect geography. Sin does not respect national boundaries. The wages of sin is death. And the nations are affected by fallen angels. Hallelujah. Praise God. And I'm going to tell you, my friend, when Lot was about to leave, the angels said, come on, escape for thy life. Have you noticed the surprise that these destructions they're having around the world? They're always surprise. Because they're always lullaby in a sense of security. When the Bible said when they cry peace and safety. When Lot left Sodom, nobody knew it. They saw him walking out of the city and never stopped to ask him why he's leaving. And watching him leaving in a hurry and haste out of that city. How can anybody in Sodom escape unless they join hand with Lot and leave that city? Let me tell you, beloved, Lot's wife chose to neglect so great salvation. You look at this church good enough. One of these days we're going to be gone. And you will become Mrs. Lot. And you will become like the nation that rejected the cry of Noah. And then, friend, you're going to beat on the ark. And it won't be opened up. It's the past. See, I don't believe it. Did you know two days ago the Pope says World War III has begun? Do you know that European, one of the heads of the ten heads says, war has begun. Do you know they said that the 20 nations of the world are going to have the apex talk about war? Where do you fit in the economy of our world system? How 
Shall we escape if we neglect the plan that God says? Pray. Pray, beloved. Find a place of prayer and stir yourself. Lest that day come upon you as a thief in the night. When you think it's peace and safety, sudden destruction. Destruction did not come until Noah went on the ark. Destruction didn't come suddenly until the Bible snow. He left the city. I've been to Pompeii. The aftermath of it, some of us have been there. You saw people frozen in ashes, pregnant mothers. They were in different posture and position. Amen. But I'm told that they knew that it was going to happen. And that the soothsayers have told them nothing to worry about. Hello? Some of our folks couldn't even stand looking at the imagery of the people. You saw the pain on their faces. You saw the looks on them. They were caught in different positions. Government people, ordinary people, babies, animals, the ashes. It's still there's a reminder that when you cry peace and safety, comes sudden destruction. Our world is sleeping like Samson. And Delilah is cutting off your connection with God. Cutting off your walk with God. And you don't even realize it. And when you wake up and you're shook up, the power is gone. The church is gone. When you come back with your lamps, it's too late. You got the wrong oil. And you left out. How shall we escape? Right now, as I speak, I'm not making this up. Everything is see on this chart be fulfilled. I can say exactly where we are. I'm going to tell you skeptics right now, say what you will. But next year, you're going to be 10 times worse. The following year, you're going to be 100 times worse. And next time around, it could be the rapture. Because once those men get a hold of nuclear weapons, and they will, they're going to release them. Just like they shoot and gun down innocent people. Without thinking. You know why? They're demonically possessed. They're not under their own strength. It says that when Satan entered the heart of Judas, he denied Jesus. And the man called legions of devils, he cut himself. He ripped himself. He bled because he was demonically possessed. His strength was greater than his city could handle him. And his place was in the cemetery. And the only salvation he had was Jesus Christ. He ran to Jesus. And the Lord says, who are you? He said, my name is Legion. He said, I don't believe it. The 13th chapter of Revelation said, you're going to worship demons. You're going to worship the beast. You're going to worship the red dragon. You're going to worship devils. Well, I don't believe it. 
You don't have to believe it. But Europe is waking up to the reality that the Bible is not a joke. The angel of the Euphrates are coming out. Demonic spirits. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You said, I don't believe they're on the earth. They are in the days of Jesus. And they're still here. The perils of neglect, she turned back and she looked. Lady, how could you neglect such a great offer? And by the way, her family thought it was a joke. Seven, so you have to kiss your family goodbye. Could they think you're wasting your time with a pie in the sky? And they're ignoring their news and they said, well, all things continue as they were from the beginning. That's not what the world is saying to me. When the world and the Bible start agreeing, my friend, you know you're on the mark. Pastor Neil, how much time do we have? Just enough time to run to the altar and get saved. You don't want to be left behind. During the Vietnam War, the United States decided to abandon the country. It ran away from the war with the Vietnamese, which we have been there, we've seen the country. And the uh, people that took side with them were grabbing on to helicopters. The helicopters took off in the sky and they were dangling to have to let go and they drop and they die. Hundreds and hundreds tried to run, but there was no escape. They had to submit to the Viet Cong. Many were executed. We're seeing right now distress of nations. People are running to and fro. Like Jesus said it would in Matthew 24. When you see nations against nations and kingdoms against kingdoms. When you see the sword of Ishmael and the sword joint together with that of Esau. And they begin to raise that sword against every man. You know it's perilous times. You know, it's the time when evil men and seducers are waxing worse and worse. You said, Pastor Neil, what shall we do? Unjustly, here we are. Amen. In the comfort of a church. Amen. But in Africa, they burn them alive in the temple. They shoot them in the Middle East. They sacrifice their life by crucifying them as I speak. They slaughter pregnant women and they behead babies and kids. Their pictures, I'm not hiding it from you. And you're sitting here and act like nothing is happening. Why do we deserve such mercy? And yet we are counting it as nothing. The great peril that exists in our world today is we are rejecting an opportunity that's given to us. Can I show what we are? Now, you don't have to believe me. I don't care what you believe. We are right here. See these t ten toes here? The ten European country. And Islam is after their hides. Because Islam is Ishmael. Want to raise his own kingdom. From Jacob. Hallelujah. And Jesus says pray. That we be called to escape. These. Seven seals. Seven trumpets. And seven vows. 
because they represent the three woes that's coming upon our earth. When it's all over, only one-sixth of the population shall be left alive. We were on a ship, and I look at the vast volume of water, and I'm looking through it, and those guys don't know why I'm looking at it. And I'm thinking, oh, God, I'm reading Revelation looking at you. See, the sea shall be turned into blood. Drinking water turn blood. Everywhere they turn, there's blood everywhere. <clears throat> Everything in the sea will die. Every ship will die. Every creature will die. In every home, there will be blood, just like in Egypt. The only people who escape, amen, the cataclysmic activity during the exodus were the Israelites. When the blood was applied to their lintel of their house, that was their plan of salvation. And the only Israelites, I mean the only Egyptians that did not perish were those that believed the preaching of Moses. But God said those who despised Moses' preaching, they died without mercy. They drowned in the Red Sea. They died in the wilderness. They died places because God said they died in the three or four witnesses, meaning I gave them three chances to be saved, and they never chose it. Would you raise your hand right now? I'm going to tell you, beloved saints of God and people on the pews this morning, so help me, God. You will never hear a greater call than this this morning. Make your calling sure. Make sure your name is in the book and the roll. That's not the first time. Rahab was in Jericho. Look where Jericho was. Nineveh was one of the most wickedest city in the world. When they captured somebody, they beheaded them. They scalped them. And they will stick their heads on their wall around their country. And that's why Jonah did not want to go there. Look where Nineveh is and look where Iraq is. Look what ISIS is. ISIS is not new. ISIS is angels coming out of the abyss. Chapter 9, Revelation 10, they're coming out of the abyss. And they're being released upon the earth. You say, Pastor, it never happened before. I can prove to you it happened before. When Israel reject Moses in the wilderness, God released on them evil angels. There are no evil angels in heaven. But they're reserved in chain of darkness. And every so often, God releases them to do works. That pleases him. The angel that Buffett, a man called Job, was not a good angel. He was an evil angel. The angel that came and lied to, my, to the prophet that resisted Micah. They went right to the throne. And God gave him permission to lie. Just like people believe virgins are in heaven when they kill somebody. They get virgins. I'm going to tell you what God told me. 
one second after they die, they regret. What do they regret? That they neglect so great a salvation. Let's worship God. How shall we escape only one family saved in Jericho? Look where Jericho is. Please look it up. I'm going to shock you right now. I'm going to prove to you this happened before. In somewhere in the book of the Bible, about the 14th chapter of the book of Genesis, I believe, five world power were fighting in a slime pit against four world power. Hello. They were fighting. And the Bible said one kingdom of federation of men won. And then they heard that Lot was taken. And Abraham took 300 men and won the battle against the winner of that war. It's going to happen again. We, my wife and I have been to the valley of Jehoshaphat. It's for miles and for miles. The blood that's going to come from that war will be up to the horse's bridle. I can't even imagine that much blood in any place. In such a vast land. So much that when Jesus leave from the east and come down on the earth from the Mount of Olives and leave his church in the sky watching what's going on, the blood will come up to his horse's bridle. That's a lot of human blood. Why is it only Rahab alone was saved? Why is it just her family alone? It happened before. Pastor, are there more examples? Yes, sir. Jehu was commissioned to destroy all the Baal worshipers. He went to a house and found a bunch of JWs in there too. And I don't mean JWs today. I mean Yahweh worshipers. And he took his sword out and commanded that they should all leave. And so they left. So let there be not left behind one of God's worshipers in this place. And then they took their sword and they destroyed everybody that did not belong to Yahweh. That's not all in the ninth chapter of the book of Ezekiel. I'm trying not boring you, folks. I'm trying to help you because you know what? Your prime minister and governor don't know this. They're sitting pawns. All their policies and all their RCMPs and all, and all the KGBs and all the world can't fight devils. We're not fighting human. We're fighting spirits. We rest tonight against flesh and blood. But against principalities and powers and rules of darkness and spiritual wickedness in high places. You can't fight the devil with FBI. You can't fight Satan with CSIP or KGB. Only the name of Jesus, only the blood of Jesus can bring down Satan's kingdom. And when the devil saw Jesus, he said, have you come to torment us before the time? Church, I'm giving examples. The incarn writer says, if you don't find them, have a 
mark of Jehovah on their forehead, slay them. Would you stand? I'm not through, but I'm asking you this morning. Church, forget about the world for a moment. You that are thinking about backsliding, you choose a bad time to do it. It's a bad time. Because after you've done it, when the church is gone, he that is filthy will be filthy still. And he that is holy will stay holy still. And he that is righteous will remain righteous still. You'll be caught right where you are. Amen. Left behind. When the world sees the devil descending, the church will be ascending. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you're not born again in the water of the Spirit of God, I'm going to ask him a question right now. And it's in the Bible. He says, how shall you escape? How? John the Baptist asked, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Amen. And there are more rhetorical questions in the Bible. Church, Saints of God, let me tell you what I told about you. I said, God, I'm not teaching no more prophecy in this church until they learn what they have and get their nose in it. Because the Bible says those who understand are going to prepare themselves. And God call your absent-mindedness that you're sleeping. I can give you stories after story what happens when people sleep. In every case, it's not good. Would you bow your head right now? If you were beheaded by a Middle Easterner, would you die and go right to heaven? You said, they will never behead me. You don't know that. They're going to be destroyed around the world when God turns Satan on the world. He said, I come in my father's name. You wouldn't have me, and I will come in his own name. Him you will have. We have not yet strive unto blood living for God. The only problem you have is unemployment and a little malice here and there. But I'm going to ask you right now, what if a gun was put to your head? And ask you, are you a Christian or not? And if you said you are, that could be the last time you live. Would you die in vain or would you die for Christ? Or would you reject him? Don't tell me I'm wasting your time asking you these questions. As I speak, people in parts of the world, their lives are on the rock. They're mass graves. Mass graves of people who would not bow and they kill them. They pile their body like herds of cattle in the sand of their own blood. Who is God talking to this morning? Jesus said, except you repent, ye shall all likewise perish. I'm calling this church. I'm putting you a note. Are you neglecting your salvation? 
You're hurting Pastor Neil or my wife or even this church. Save yourself from this untoward generation. In chapter 4, when the church is gone, then comes sudden destruction. Four horse riders are going to come out of nowhere and plague our earth. Till the Bible said, Woe to the inhabitants of the earth. For the devils come down with great what? Wrath. And the devils are already working right now. Who is God talking to? God says, if you're left behind, I can't help you. The rich man in hell, he prayed. And God said, I can't help you. You've got the great salvation that I offered you. They got more than the prophet. That's my salvation for your life right now. Is there somebody right here? God's talking to you right now. This altar is open to you right now. Calling today. Calling today. Jesus is calling. He's tenderly calling today. Well, he's called. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, 